The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and Jacob Greer. Sports of America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. I'm Lemont Williams, and my co-host is... Jacob Greer. And to join the show, the contact information is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email us at Sports at yahoo.com. Jacob, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man, just trying to stay cool, man, in this hot weather. Speaking of staying cool, my AC went out this, this past weekend, man, and uh, just got that fixed yesterday, so we're back up in the house. We're staying at my mother-in-law, so, man, that AC went out. That was no fun. <laughs> Let's go ahead and start the show. Today's show, we'll talk Major League Baseball as well as go around the NFL. We invite former NFL player Gary Willingham to the show. We'll recap the NFL draft and discuss the Houston Rockets' future plans. But first, Jacob, let's go ahead and send our condolences and our prayers to Michael Jackson's family, uh, his friends, and his fans. For the listeners out there that pretty much been following the news, uh, legendary Michael Jackson passed away last week on the 25th. Uh, from cardiac arrest, Jacob, you know, Michael been known for King of Pop, one of the biggest icons that I can remember uh, since I've been born. And uh, if I had to recap uh, Michael Jackson's uh, career and his legacy, I'm going to go out on a limb and try to say Michael Jackson was kind of like the MLK for music, uh, uh, despite his off, you know, uh, off the record and uh, some of the stuff that he went through in the court of law. Michael was always trying to bring together people, man. I remember him doing... Uh, uh, that 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 song with Quincy Jones, uh, "We Are the World" and stuff like that. So Michael always had a big heart for people, man, and uh, I just think he was really misunderstood. But at the same time, we're going to miss him, man. I want to send our condolences out to his family. Absolutely, man. You know, an ambassador for peace, and uh, he was a great guy, man. And like you said, we are all going to miss him. Yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, move forward uh, and recap the uh, 2009 NBA draft from last week. Pretty much like everybody predicted, we talked about it a few times, Jacob Blake Griffin going with the number one pick to uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, but after that, Jacob, you know, the draft lacked star power, man. Uh, like previous drafts with uh, Greg Oden and, and Kevin Durant, those guys who kind of didn't know who was going number one. But after uh, uh, Blake Griffin was drafted, kind of lacked star power. Uh, seven guards was, was drafted in the first ten selections. And, you know, at the end of, of the draft, Jacob, you know, I want to see, you know, who was who came out winners, who came out losers. 
and I'm going to state my winners from the uh, last week NBA draft. I think my winners from the last week NBA draft had to be the NBA trades. Uh, kind of overshadowed the NBA draft uh, with Shaq being traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Vince Carter being traded to the Orlando Magic, as well as uh, Richard Jefferson being traded to the Sacramento, I mean the uh, San Antonio Spurs. And the loser of the draft, uh, I'm going to go out there and just say the Timberwolves by drafting Rubio uh, with that whole situation. And we'll talk about that a little bit next after you state who's your winners and losers from the NBA draft. Well, you know, like you said, I think L.A. Clippers, you know, with that number one pick definitely came out with a winner, but there was a huge drop-off after after that. You're absolutely correct. You know, uh, it was the teams that make the acquisitions for better players, uh, you know, were the ones that came out the winners, uh, uh, you know, over the uh, draft with Cleveland and, and uh, San Antonio. But, you know, Philadelphia, I think they helped themselves. I think New York, uh, you know, picking up Brandon Jennings, I think they helped themselves a little bit. My losers were probably the uh, Indiana Pacers because I don't think they, they got anything. And uh, Detroit, uh, you know, they, they drafted uh, Austin Day, but, uh, you know, that was a long shot for them. So uh, those were my two losers. Yeah, and then Detroit fired a coach, which we'll talk about a little bit later in this segment. Let's go ahead and talk about the – uh, Ricky Rubio versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Rubio, again, was drafted with the fifth pick, and the Timberwolves had two back-to-back picks. They drafted Rubio with the fifth pick, and they drafted uh, Johnny Flint with the sixth pick. And then you know, right after the draft, Rubio's mom made a statement saying that she hated cold weather, and uh, Rubio hinted around that he might come back to the you know, I mean, he might go to the NBA or remain in Europe. I just, Jacob, man, I, I just think that's a, a, a storm wait to, to take place in the near future. I don't, uh, first of all, I think it's a privilege to play in any league, if it's the NFL, NBA, uh, NHL, or Major League Baseball. And I think when Rubio uh, being indecisive like that is only going to hurt the Minnesota Timberwolves and their rebuilding process. Well, you know, I think what the Rubio family was looking for was a media market for him to uh, go to. But, you know, if you look at LeBron, he went to Cleveland, you know, which is not a media market, and he's a bigger star. But, you know, with Rubio, uh, you know, the GM, uh, he, you, know, he made, he, you know, he made the comment on NBA draft night that there's a possibility that Rubio could stay in Europe. Now, if he does decide to stay in Europe, he has two options. Minnesota would retain his rights if he played in any FIBA events. And if he's planning on playing professionally in Europe, Minnesota is going to hold his rights. Yeah, if he doesn't play professional, Minnesota will lose his rights, and he will be put back into the NBA draft next year. So he has a, you know, he has a big decision to make whether he wants to sit out for a year or whether he wants to go ahead and play in Europe and let Minnesota retain his rights or play for Minnesota. Well, we'll see. I, I think Rubio has the leverage. The leverage is in Rubio's court due to the fact that uh, he still have a current contract overseas and he has two teams on the table. So uh, uh, it, was, it was rumored and it was reported this week that the Knicks had interest in him. So, there, you know, he might go to the Knicks with a bigger market. But, uh, again, we'll see in the near future how that takes place. Let's go ahead and talk about our Houston Rockets. Uh, about the draft as well as Yao Ming uh, remaining out indefinitely uh, with that uh, broken left foot. For the listeners out there that don't remember, uh, Yao Ming fractured his left foot in the playoffs against the Lakers, um, and it was reported this week that he might miss the rest of the season 
it might be a career-ending injury, Jacob. Uh, I want to get your take on that uh, before I give you minds about the Yao Ming foot injury and the reports that came out this week. Well, here's my thought about Yao and the Rockets organization. I think the Rockets organization have to find a way to utilize Yao throughout the season without putting heavy minutes on Yao. I, I don't know if his body, the frame, can handle the weight that he's carrying going back and forth and playing 30-plus minutes a night. So I think the Rockets either have to find a better way. I don't know if he's out indefinitely. I mean, they're saying that. But, but you know, this happened last year and he came, he came back. I think what they have to do is they have to figure out a way to utilize him and play him less minutes. They also need to figure out a way to go out and acquire another center that could come in and relieve Yao throughout the season. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I think necessarily they have to acquire another uh, big man. I think with Matumbo going down and, and pretty much retiring from that injury, they need a quality backup center to come in with some more flexibility to run the floor to kind of help Yao Mean out there. But I think I'm going to have to disagree with you on finding another way to utilize him. I think they're using the best way of Yao Mean as far as, and we saw that throughout the playoffs with them, uh, with Trace McGrady not being available uh, this season. I think Yao Mean, man, uh, I think it just comes with being a big man. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm not seven plus, you know, I'm not seven foot or, or more, so I really don't know. But I think that um, he's going to end up getting that surgery, and I think he's going to be able to uh, do rehab and be able to come back. Uh, Last week, you know, T-Mac, it was, you know, I'm going to move forward and let's talk a little bit about T-Mac. Last week was some rumors about T-Mac being traded to the Suns. We didn't get a chance to discuss that. So what do you think the Rockets will do with T-Mac moving forward? Well, I don't think the Rockets are going to do anything with T-Mac because I don't think anybody is going to take him. And, you know, with that being said, you have to understand with Yao, and we're talking about a lot of minutes with Yao because he was the number one option for the Houston Rockets last year. Now you get T-Mac back. Now he's not the number one option. T-Mac becomes the number one option. So you can, the reason I say you can limit his minutes is because he's not the number one option. You bring in a replacement, reduce some of y'all's minutes, and you pretty much have you know, a, a pretty good team. Let me say this. T-Mac is T-Mac. He's a player, okay? I know a lot of people want to see him leave Houston, but I think he's eventually going to help the team in the long run if he can stay healthy. Oh, key word is if he can stay healthy. I mean, he's been very inconsistent um, due to injury. So I, I, the jury's still out on T Mac. I, he he lacks intensity. He doesn't seem like a guy with great work ethic. But he's very talented. So we'll see. Um, I don't I don't know what they might do with T Mac with his contract. But at the same time, I think this would be a best time to move him. Now that free agency started last night. Uh, Let's go ahead and, and move forward and talk a little bit more NBA. Uh, NBA. Uh, let's talk about the Shaquille O'Neal trade to uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers executed a monster trade uh, and created a great tandem for next season. I think it was a good trade with Shaq uh, going to Cleveland if he's able to stay healthy. And I think uh, if their personalities between Shaq and, and LeBron James doesn't clash, I think it will work well next year. Well, I, I, let me tell you, I think it was a good trade for both teams. Uh, I think there was a, you know, there was a problem with Stoudemire and Shaq under the goal. So you send Shaq away. It makes Cleveland a better team. But the Phoenix Suns got Ben Wallace and Sasha Kotrovich from Cleveland. Now, 
Sasha is going to help Phoenix because now they have a pure outside shooter. You can't double-team Stoudemire on the baseline anymore. And I think Phoenix is going to be a better team because of the acquisition of Sasha. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, ben Wallace has stated that he might retire. So we, we, we never know. He might retire and, and, and the Phoenix Suns might go elsewhere. But, Jacob, we have so many headlines, uh, some more storylines talk about NBA, so we'll talk about that later in the, in the show. So we'll go ahead and break now. And when we come back, we invite – former NFL player Gary Willingham to the show. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach. But what held the boys' eyes in awful trance were the figures, the eaters of men, cannibals. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing through the jungle. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, thinking only of its canoe. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. I don't care where they put him. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, is that segment where we invite uh, former players, of active players to the show to discuss a little bit of sports and their background. And today I got a good friend of mine, former NFL player Gary Willingham. So, Gary, I want to walk you to the show outside the huddle. Thanks, Lemon. I appreciate you and Jacob having me on the show, man. I've been, uh, it's been very enlightening listening to you guys converse and talk about sports, man. That's, it just send chill bumps down my spine. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, uh, Gary, if you can, tell the listeners a little bit about your sports background. Well, uh, I, I played college football at Howard University back in the 80s uh, when uh, we had the, um, uh, back in 1988, we had the number one defense in the country, and they uh, named us the Buffalo Soldiers uh, based on uh, Howard being um, Howard's mascot and school mascot is the Bison and uh, the Buffalo Soldiers. Um, were the the, uh, the cornerstone 
during the during the Civil War, and um, and um, it was a group of guys that that you know took no shorts, and uh, they really held their own. So um, we kind of mimicked ourselves and patterned ourselves after them as as a defense, and um, from there, you know, had pretty good successful career at Howard, and went on and signed uh, as a free agent with the Washington Redskins back in 1991 and um, had an opportunity to spend some time with them that year. And um, after I finished um, with the Redskins, um, went on to um, uh, coaching endeavors, worked with some youth programs in the Washington, D.C. area, um, and um, also went into um, coaching college football uh, these last past four years from 2004 to 2008. I was coaching at Texas Southern. University uh, for four years, and now I'm currently um, um, the offensive line coach at uh, Manville High School. Just interviewed for that position on yesterday, and uh, feel uh, that we're going to be doing some great things going forth. So I'm I'm just steadily around football the month, and um, um, you know it's just a passion of mine since I was a kid. I'm grooming my young. Understudies, my four-year-old and three-year-olds are going to that direction as well as when I have a 17-year-old that's playing high school ball this year as a senior in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. So, hey man, this is a football, this is a football family. Yeah, well, I want to congratulate you on the new coaching job, uh, 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 getting that coaching job. Uh, we still got Gary on the line. Yeah. Okay, I thought I thought we lost you there, but uh, yeah. before before we go in a little bit about more about sports, uh, I want to get your get your thoughts on uh, Michael Jackson passing away last week. Well, man, that, that's you know it's almost when Michael passed, man, it's like losing a family member. Uh, you know that was my you know my era growing up in the eighties uh, when Michael uh, really came into his own as far as um, uh, as a solo artist. You know, and of course, you know. Um, um, you know, listen to them as, as Jackson Five and watching their cartoons and seeing Michael, um, you know, progress and develop into the person that he was. And you know, I, I believe this man. I, I, you know, I take the good with the bad, and a lot of people want to be critics of uh, Michael Jackson. Man, he's done far most. He, he's done far more for this country and for this world and for this planet as a whole than any of his critics. And, um, you know, he's going to be sorely missed, um, but not forgotten. Um, you know, my heart goes out to the family, uh, to his siblings and to his mom and dad, you know, and um, uh, I just pray that, um, you know, that, um, that, that, that Michael, um, you know, had a relationship with, with, our, with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and, and that, um, you know, one, we too one day be able to see him again uh, in, in another capacity. So, uh, you know, um, he's going to be sorely, sorely missed. I don't think it's not one athlete that, that that's in my era, in my age group, uh, or even older, that that can't say that Michael, Jordan, Michael Jackson did not have an impact on their lives as far as musically. Because you can always reflect back on what, where you were when Beat It came out or when Billie Jean came, came out or Thriller came out. You just... It just brought back memories when when they announced his death on last week. Uh, you just started thinking about all these songs and where you were or what have you, and you know that you just didn't know how much of an impact he made on your life. So he's going to be missed, man, but not forgotten. And you know um, there will be another. There will not be another one. He will be. He's one of a kind. I don't think 
there will be anybody to be able to duplicate what he what he's done uh, over his lifespan. So, um, um, but um, we, he's going to be missed. He really is. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I'm talking with former NFL player Gary Willingham. Gary, um, you know, I have a question for you, man. I, and it just slipped my mind. Let me get my thoughts back together. Okay. What's your take on the? I, I got it now. What's your take on the NFL uh, compared to now? When uh, compared to when you played, and to now uh, watching the game uh, from a from a coach or slash fan perspective? Well, uh, I, I, I think um, it, 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 they kind of parallel one another uh, during my era, and these guys that are you know there now. Of course, you know it, it's oddly that you mentioned that. I just uh, looked at my. Uh, my 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 contract that I had signed with the Redskins, and I saw the uh, the amount of money that they had signed me for 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 that first year, and I was like, wow, I'm actually making more money teaching and coaching high school football than I did back then playing prof- professional football. So, you know, on the scale as it pertains to being compensated, uh, these guys, um, you know, hey man, it, the money is very much. Uh, uh, a cornerstone and a, and, and a lucrative selling point where the, and sometimes we kind of, the guys get kind of focused on that and not focus on the love of the game. They look at the love of the money. And, uh, back then, you know, hey, you was just excited to put on an NFL uniform for someone to be, to think of you. I don't care if you went to Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Texas or wherever, just that you had, had, have an opportunity. To, to play on Sunday uh, afternoon or a Monday night football game or have an opportunity to play in the playoffs or go to the Super Bowl, uh, that was enough in itself because, you know, uh, it wasn't about money. It wasn't at that time. It wasn't really about money. You know, uh, of course, everybody wanted to be able to take care of their families and do well for themselves financially, but, you know, not not as much as it is now. You know, now it's about, you know, they're looking four and five and ten years off where we were saying, okay, well, this is what we're getting this year, great. You know, now, you know, it beats getting up on Monday morning going to a nine to five. You know, you can play, a, you can work at, uh, at a job that, that you love and have passion for. So, you know, I, I just like, would like to see these guys get that, that love and that passion for football again. You know, like we had during that time frame, and you know, um, and I mean, it's, it's you know, societies they evolve and they transcend and they kind of you know get to certain points in, in in their particular era that you know, hey, it's not as important, uh, you know, to think about the game and know, be a historian of the game as it was when we were coming along. So, you know, I would like to see it get back to 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 that point. Or what have you, and I hope that I can be able to convey that to these young kids that I'll be coaching uh, this coming up season. You know, I hope I can convey that to them. Um, you know, the importance for the love of the game, because eventually, Lamont, like you and I know, uh, the, this game is going to pass you by. Yeah. You know, so you know you got to love it. You know, for what is what it is, but you know, get out of the game what you need to get out of it, because trust me, the game is going to get out of you what it needs to get from you, and and it's going to keep going with or without you. Yeah. Hey, Gary, this is uh, Jacob Greer. First of all, let me say congratulations on your new assignment. Thank you, Jacob. 
Okay. Uh, you talked about, you know, uh, uh, working with the young kids, and my question is directed at that, you know, and, you know, being a former NFL guy and, you know, working on the college level, what are the, some of the things that you're hoping to implement at the high school level uh, that's, you know, that, that, that are, that are, where you're going to be able to reach the kids and get across what you're trying to uh, achieve? Well, Jacob, I think the most important thing, I, I think this is my task, this is something, this is my assignment, that uh, that's coming from uh, from God for me to go in uh, and be able to to develop young men, not just football players, but to develop student athletes, to develop men that can be, you know, uh, proud of themselves long after the game has left them. And it's so important for them to be balanced. I was talking with the head coach on yesterday, and we're we're we were talking about a balance. And you know it's good. You know it's good to be about football, and it's good to be gung ho about sports or what have you. But hey, man, it's got to be a balance because if you put all your marbles in one basket, then you're risking, you know, uh, you know everything on on one on one thing. And once that thing decides that hey, it, you have served it, its purpose, and it's no longer you know a necessity or no longer a need. Then you know you left out with nothing else to, um, to 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 balance yourself on. So it's important for me to instill in them, you know, to to be good characters, to uh, to have um, great characteristics, to have morals and values and ethics, and you know all those things that you know we desire to see our young men to be in possession of. But the only way they're going to be in possession of it is that they have to be around other individuals. That have good character and ethics and morals and values or what have you. So, you know, I kind of think, you know, I'm not perfect, but I believe that I can steer them in a direction that, you know, uh, hey man, I've already been down that road. That road, I've already been down that line, and you know, I'm just trying to save you the headache and the trials and tribulations if you just, you know, learn from my experiences and kind of just, um, you know, borrow from me. Then uh, you know it, it'll save you, uh, you know, from going the long way, and you can take, you know, a shorter path to success or what have you. So, um, you know, it's so important, man, particularly because a lot of kids are coming from, you know, broken homes, single family homes, single mothers or what have you. And it's, it, I think that we need more males in the school systems and male teachers to be um, role models and and father figures and you know uncles and you know uh, cousins. For these young men, that, that you know, and, and, and you know, so they can have an idea of what it is to be a man and how you should carry yourself as a man, you know, and how to treat a woman, how to speak to a young lady and treat her as a young lady and have certain expectations of her, and she have certain expectations of you. So it's vital that we kind of, you know, make sure that as we are coaching them, we we remember that they are kids and that we try to give them some you know, uh, a little leeway, understanding, hey, they're not going to grasp what we're trying to get to them uh, overnight, but uh, we have to, you know, realize that this is a process. And that's what I've been, you know, dealing with because I'm uh, the area that I'm teaching is special education. And I'm more so going to be dealing with kids that have anger management problems. And, you know, that's a lot of underlining things that, 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 that cause a kid to lash out or, re- or respond hastily or what have you. But, you know, it's so important for us to be patient, to be understanding, but the greatest thing is for us to be there for for these kids. So, you know, because I always believe, hey, if you don't take care of them now, it may come back to bite you somewhere down in the future. 
So we might as well address them now and get to the root of the problem so these kids can go out and be productive citizens in society. Hey, um, Gary, man, that was some great information. It's, it's time for us to take a break real quick. So we're going to break. We've got less than 30 seconds. We're going to bring you back in the next second. The next segment to continue the conversation about coaching and football. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports life can be full of risks one thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance if you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance you need to make this free call right now and see how the mega life and health insurance company can help you get it we specialize in helping the self-employed and individuals just like you who need affordable health insurance to get it so call us right now 888-459-4825 888 888-459- Five nine four eight two five. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, call us now and see how we can help you. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. Home office, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Not available in all states. Benefits may vary by state. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, y'all. This is Stephen Cochran. As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org, to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. 
Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Leemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Normally, this would be the segment where we go around the NFL, but we've been having a great conversation with a good friend of mine, former NFL player Gary Willingham, so I rolled him over to the third segment. And uh, Jacob had another question for you, Gary, so go ahead, Jacob, and ask your question. Yeah, Gary, I, I wanted to talk a little bit, uh, you know, about the uh, death of the Iowa coach. As You know, we lost him last week to a shooting just give me your opinion on that, and also uh, athletes who feel like they should be on the field and they're not on the field. How do you deal with that type of situation? Wow, Jacob, it's odd that you asked that question. That was one of the first, one of the, well, I won't say the first question, but one of the questions that uh, uh, the coach, uh, head coach, uh, Coach Martin, had, had inquired, uh, uh, asking me uh, how did I feel about players, you know, uh, who feel that they should be on the field, but they're not on the field, and how to deal with those parents that you know, you know, you know, you got societies where, in, in society now where parents feel that they can come out on the field and you know, yell and scream and curse the officials out and the coaches out and anybody else that's in the, in the path of their rage, and uh, you know, it's just it's a thing that you really have to be able to have, man, uh, you know, uh, good managing skills you have to be able to manage different personalities and manage individuals uh, because you're not going to be able to please everybody and I you know um, one thing I uh, failed to mention earlier that I'm also an ordained minister and assistant pastor in my church and uh, you know during the interviewing process I often told them hey I dealt with you know my own church parishioners uh, that sometimes seem like they have learning a learning process processing deficit. So uh, you know you have to learn how to manage different personalities, different people. You know, and kind of you know most times, most of the times, Jacob kids will can recognize it's, it's very rare that you have a kid that's your backup that's on the same playing level as a kid that's your starter. You know, um, you know because if that was the case. Uh, it had he wouldn't be a backer. He'd probably be just on the up, opposite or the other side of that individual. If I had him at a right defensive end, then hey, this backup is just as good as you. Then I need to have him on at, at the left defensive end. What kids have to understand is it's, it's about you put you putting your best foot out, and you know it's not no knock on you, but there's going to always be somebody better than you. No different than the guys in the NFLs and guys in the NFL. Everybody is good. But somebody has to be the starter and somebody has to be the backup. And you're going to put the best guy out there. And, you know, most of these kids kind of understand that. Then you're going to have your exceptions. Uh, they're going to cry or what have you. But they have to understand this is a team sport in most cases, whether it be basketball, baseball, football. And it's for the, for the good of the team that, you, that, I, that I have to have this person out on the field because he gives us the best chance to be successful. Now about that Iowa coach, the situation about the Iowa coach being, being um, killed on last week, man, that's a tragedy uh, and a travesty in itself uh, for someone to take a life of another, another human being. You know, forgetting that he was a coach that 
has been coaching, I believe, at the school for at least 25 to 30 years and being so successful. And I believe he has currently now about three players that he coached in high school that are in the NFL now. And, uh, you know, so many players came forward and said what a, what a blessing he was to them on and off the field. And he was more than just being a coach. He was a mentor. And, uh, you know, and I'm thinking that from the reports that I heard that this individual that killed him was a former player. And you just don't know what's going through the minds of individuals um, that you have encountered uh, or across their, you know, their paths. At one point, you know, at one point in time in their lives, and you just really don't know where you know where people end up at or what they're going through currently in life. And uh, I'm, I, I just pray that you know that uh, you know that, that God would give that family some peace um, because I know that's something to heart to understand someone who was innocent and you know didn't deserve whatever took place, not even you know uh, you know closely. You know, it was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but for him to be uh, to be killed in that fashion and by a former student and a former player, that just has to be very devastating. My heart goes out to them. Um, you know, and I, you know, like you bring that up that hey, I'm a high school coach myself, and you know, but I, I that one thing I would probably be just like that coach was. I couldn't worry about it. You know, yeah. I can't think that somebody's gonna that that I sat down or somebody that I didn't play or somebody who was you know, cut from the team, will come back, you know, 10, 10 years later or 15 years later and decide that, hey, they're going to take their frustration out on me and end up killing me. You know, I would never leave my front door. Yeah. I felt that way, so. Yeah. Well, Gary, man, uh, I know I wish you luck this year, man. I know whenever you put your, uh, you know, you step forward in new endeavors, man, you go all out. Uh, I appreciate you showing me love coming on the show, man. And uh, no, no problem. I appreciate you inviting me. Been a form of uh, uh, bison and showing me the ropes when I first got here in Houston. So I appreciate everything, and uh, we stay in touch. Much love, Lamont and Jacob, man. I appreciate you guys having me on having me on the show, man. Talk to Thank you, you guys later. All right, talk to you later, uh, Gary. Jacob, and again for the listeners, that was former a uh, good friend of mine, former NFL player Gary Willingham, stopping by the show. Uh, we normally start off with going around the NFL. Uh, but he was, you know, he was dropping some knowledge on us as far as uh, high school, and he was just getting a new high school coaching job. So I thought it would be only right for us to continue the conversation from the second segment. Jacob, let's go ahead and move forward and talk about some NFL uh, headlines from last week as well as this week. Uh, starting with Julius Peppers signing his uh, franchise tenure. Uh, for the most part, uh, for the listeners out there, we talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Julius Peppers was, was kind of upset about uh, being tagged with the franchise tag. Again, uh, well, for the first time this year, but in return, it, gar- it guaranteed him $16 million. Uh, I don't know what took place. I think uh, Julius Peppers had an opportunity to sit down with management, and, and they got a better understanding as far as, uh, as far as what was taking place. But, Jacob, well, you know, now that he signed his 10, I thought it was a good move on Julius Peppers' uh, uh, behalf. I think the management won the battle, but I think Peppers will win the war at the end. Well, one of the things that I like that he achieved was that one-year deal. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago he was talking about he was maxed out with Carolina. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's amazing what money will do. And, you know, I think his only problem with my is, you know, they, they haven't met, you know, that defensive end position, and he wants to become a linebacker. So, you know, it seems, it seems like they pretty much got everything together. And, you know, hey, he's a rich man now. 
Yeah, I think uh, next year they're not, they not. They can't afford to tag him again. If they do tag him with the franchise tag, he will be guaranteed twenty million. And they they tagged him this year, which they weren't able to be able to get any more uh, acquisitions during the free uh, agent market. So they kind of wanted him to produce the same, uh, put up the same production he did last year, in which he had uh, like fourteen sacks last year. And I think he'll win the battle in the long run because if the NFL and the uh, NFLPA doesn't iron out iron out a new CBA agreement, uh, man, this, this guy's going to break the bank with no with no free agency, no cap on the free agency uh, C market heading to the uh, 2011-2012 season. Jacob, we got about two or three minutes before our first uh, next break. So let's go ahead and real quick, we'll talk about the best of the best. ESPN.com came out with a top 25 best uh, NFL players of the decade list. And real quick, Jake, I'm going to go ahead and give you my top five. I want to hear your top five, and if we don't have enough time, we'll roll over to the fourth segment and talk about it. First guy I got on my top five is Peyton Manning, most irresistible player in the NFL. I mean, I'm sorry, most most replaceable, non-replaceable player in the NFL. I think if you replace, you can't replace Peyton Manning in that offense in Indianapolis. Second player, Tom Brady, played in four uh, Super Bowls so far in this decade. Uh, my third player, I got LT, most consistent running back that ever played the game uh, so far in this decade. Fourth player, I got Michael Strahan, uh, top pass rusher in the NFL, uh, my opinion, in the last decade. And my last player finishing off, you know I had to finish with a linebacker, was Ray Lewis, top-rated linebacker, most dominant player uh, in the game today. Well, my top five of mine, I'm going to start out with Tom Brady. I, you know, uh, you know, when you can lead your team over a decade the way that he did it, uh, you know, he, he's definitely irreplaceable to me. Even though Castle came on and showed some form, you know, it's still Brady's team. Uh, Peyton Manning, I agree, he's irreplaceable. I, you know, he's one of, you know, the best quarterbacks that I've seen, you know, in a while. LT, very durable, uh, commands respect when he has the ball. My number four guy, Lamont, is going to be Ray Lewis because you know what? When you when you lined up against Baltimore, you knew that you had to prepare for Ray Lewis. And my number five is Brett Favre. I, I you know, he plays the game with fun, and that's the way I like to see the game played. Man, you got Brett Favre on your list? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. I can't. I, I can't be mad at you. I mean, it's top top twenty five. Somebody's going to get left off the list. You know, I have to squeeze two defensive players on there. Being a former defensive player myself. So, Jacob, uh, let me see what's our time here. I think we got less than two minutes, less than a minute, I'm sorry, before our break. So let's go ahead and break now, and when we come back, we'll go back and discuss a little bit more NBA as well as wrap up the show. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Yeah, he did. <laughs> From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. 
It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle pretty me. It's scary, Ryan, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, let's go ahead and jump back talk a little bit more about the NBA. Uh, a lot of stuff went on last week as well as this week with the free agency starting off. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about the Vince Carter trade. Ben, Vince Carter being traded to Orlando Magic. Uh, uh, pretty much Orlando Magic getting more star power with this trade. Jacob, uh, I like Vince Carter. He's a veteran player. He's a you know, go-to shooter um, for the most part at the end of the game. And, uh, you know, but, however, I mean, I want to make another statement. I think he's a great go-to two player at the end of the game along with uh, Dwight Howard. But, you know, I want to see how he re- respond now that he's in his hometown, playing in front of his hometown crowd. Sometimes, you know, going home is not necessarily always good. So I want to see how that plays out this year as well. 
Yeah, well, that's one of the components that I definitely want to uh, see how he's going to play at home. But, you know, hey, it was a great pickup for Orlando. I think it boosts the team uh, 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 to the point where I think it's going to be a Cleveland-Orlando finals again next year. Yeah, now that they acquired Vince Carter to trade, I think they're kind of moving forward with the Hedo Turkaloo situation, him opting out his contract and wanting to test the free agency market. Now, if they can somehow convince Turkaloo to stay with the team, I think they've been the top three teams uh, heading into the season next year with that lineup they have, uh, with they getting their point guard back, uh, Jamil Nelson. But, you know, you know, if Turkaloo remains in the free agency, who do you think he will go to uh, uh, if he doesn't go back to the Magic? Well, uh, you know, he's been in talks with the uh, Portland Trailblazers, and it's my understanding that he's trying to seek a five-year deal worth uh, 50 mil. Uh, Detroit is also looking at him, along with Memphis, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento. Yeah, I, I think that the fact that he was the most improved player last year, and uh, he, he did pretty well, well, not pretty well, he did great in the in the playoffs, as well as he was the only steady, consistent player in the finals. I think he's going to get his multi-deal contract, and, and hopefully he come back to the Magic. If not, uh, I think it would be an impact somewhere else. Let's go ahead and talk about this Michael Carey uh, situation in, in Detroit. Uh, he was fired this week um, from the Detroit Pistons. Joe Dumars, the general manager there, let him go. Uh, it was reported that um, Michael Carey kind of bumped heads with their players up there. Richard Hamilton, I think it went south with him, with Richard, as far as communication. Uh, when he set Richard Hamilton down for uh, uh, Allen Iverson, uh, do you think that was a good move by the Detroit Pistons by letting go Michael Carey? Well, uh, Detroit Pistons made no good moves last year. Uh, you know, I, I think the thing that really did them in was when they traded Chauncey Billups to Denver, you know, midway through the season. Uh, you know, they wind up finishing the season 39 and 43. But, you know, I, I think Joe Dumar wanted to move in a different, you know, uh, 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 direction. you got to understand Curry was a part of that Flip Sanders regime when Flip Sanders was there. Uh, they Dumar fired Flip Sanders and, and then, you know, I guess gave Michael Curry the position out of friendship. Uh, but I, I guess he saw, you know, Michael's going to stay with the same thing that Flip did, and uh, he decided to, you know, make a move. Yeah, it's always good to change it up. I mean, even though they made it to the playoffs, they were swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers. They want to come back in and make, be contenders in the East like they were a couple years ago. I think you got to change it at the top. Uh, speaking, you know, changing at the top, I'm going to go ahead and jump out there. I said, I think, you know, they haven't uh, announced or hired a new coach yet, but what you think about your buddy, your best friend, Avery Johnson, getting that spot up there in Detroit? Well, I, I, I think it's, I, I mean, I think it's something that he'll look at. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, if he does take the job, I think he's inheriting a good team. Uh, you know, there are some things that he has to work out, you know, in order to, you know, get a uh, a good uh, uh, rotation uh, with the Pistons. But you also got to understand Bill Lambeer, you know, he was coaching the uh, Detroit Mystics of the WNBA. And, you know, it's my understanding that he stepped down last year uh, because he wanted to be an NBA coach. And, you know, he's been a part of that organization for a long time. So, you know, my two candidates probably for that position is going to be either Bill Lambeer or Avery Johnson. I can see Avery getting it, but I, I don't see Bill Lambeer getting it uh, due to the fact that uh, it's a different league, WNBA to the NBA. I can see Bill Lambeer cutting his teeth uh, as an assistant coach. Uh, Whoever is hired as a coach, maybe Joe Dumar might say, hey, we bring you as a head coach, and you, need to, you know, this is the guy we want you to bring as an assistant. 
but I think he had to work his ranks. I mean, he's starting over from scratch. You know, uh, that's the case. Then you might well get Patrick Ewing the opportunity to become a head coach. Everybody has to, to, to work their way up in the ranks. And I really don't see Bill Langbeer being an uh, impact coach or being a coach right now as a head coach in the NBA. Uh, well, well of, I'll tell you what, whoever, the, uh, whoever that head coach is that takes over that team, there's going to have to be some changes made. And, uh, you know, one of the changes that I see right away that they're going to have to make is at that point guard position because I don't think Allen Iverson is a point guard. I think he's more of a two and with Rip Hamilton, you know, already at that position, you know, somebody is going to have to move, and I think they're probably going to try and move Allen Iverson. I don't think they're going to be able to do it, but uh, they're going to have to find a true point guard uh, uh, to come in and, and, and play that position. Yeah, I think Allen Iverson days in Detroit are done. Uh, I'm going to go out in my opinion. I don't, it didn't fit the chemistry, uh, and that showed when Richard Hamilton came back from injury and they was able to uh, turn that team around and be successful in that short period of time to make the run for the playoffs. I think Allen Iverson is the type of guy, you know, uh, you know, I don't know him that well. He's from my hometown. I don't know him. He's a little bit older than I am, so I really don't know him that well. But from what I've been told and from the reports I read about him, not saying I always go out the reports, but, you know, he, he, he will fit a team like the Charlotte Bobcats or a team that, you know, Allen's going to score, man. That's what Allen does. He scores. And he, he creates shots. And I think, you know, Detroit being a blue-collar blue team before he got there and being team-first mentality, I really don't think that fits what they're doing. Uh, and I think that starts with the general manager. So no matter what coach you put in there, uh, Flip Saunders, Michael Carey, I think that starts with Joe Dumars. And I don't really think that was a good fit for Detroit. And I think they're going to move forward uh, and let Allen Iverson go somewhere else. Well, I, I think they realized that they made a mistake. But i tell you what, another team that uh, really helped themselves, and that was the Atlanta Hawks. You know, they picked up Jamal Crawford from Golden State for A.C. Laws out of uh, Texas A&M and uh, veteran uh, NBA guy uh, Speedy Claxton. And, you know, I, you know the, the, the Atlanta Hawks are having problems with Mike Bibby. You know, he's in a contract year, and I think he wants a little bit more than what the Atlanta Hawks are offering him. Now, Jamal Crawford is not a point guard, but he can play that position. And I think the Atlanta Hawks are really going to be stacked this year, you know, with Joe Johnson on one side and Jamal Crawford on the other side. I don't like that trade. I'm going to be honest with you. I really didn't like it when I first heard it. I, it didn't make them better. It didn't make the Atlanta Hawks better with that, with that trade. Uh, I want to see, you know, I, wanna, I think Joe, Joey Crawford, Jamal Crawford, I'm sorry, I don't think he will fit in what they currently have as an offensive scheme. I think they'll find a way to bring Michael Bibby back uh, to the team. And if that be the case, he's not going to play in front of Joe Johnson, uh, uh, in front of Johnson. I think Johnson's playing the two spot. So, uh, Joey Crawford, man, I mean, Jamal Crawford, man, he's a great talent. I remember seeing him playing up in New York. But I, I really don't think he fits that Atlanta scheme. Well, I, you know, that's the number one thing that, you know, why the Atlanta Hawks lost in the playoffs is, you know, they, you know, you shut Joe Johnson, Joe Johnson down, and nobody else picked up, you know, picked up the uh, slack. So, I mean, Josh Smith, I mean, he was there, but he didn't pick it up the way that, you know, a person should, or a player should pick it up uh, when another score is shut down. I think Jamal Crawford brings that to the Atlanta Hawks, and I think they're going to make a statement this year. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll definitely see. I think it was that time for us to wrap up the show. I want to thank all the listeners out there who listen. Listen outside the huddle with Lee Mont Williams and co-host 
Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Have a blessed week. And remember, sports plus business equals wealth. Peace. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.